With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Six games left, starting with the Hudson River Derby in the push for the playoffs. New York City FC on NYCFC Views. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. NYCFC Views. Collins approaches the shot, and New York City wins the first MLS Cup on their first try, and they're going crazy. The sickest New York City FC podcast. It's going to be sick. All right. Yeah, Hudson River Derby time. We've been waiting for this uh, for a while now. I'm Glenn Crooks, Roberto Abramowitz. We do your radio commentary. I'm on the English side, Roberto on the Spanish side. You'll hear our uh, commentary coming up uh, at Yankee Stadium on Saturday with uh, airtime 315. I think, right? Yes. It's a 339 kickoff game, yes. and uh, that whole thing. So, well, there have been a bunch of these derbies. Uh, we've been at every one. We've called every one, uh, yes. Roberto. And uh, I-, I wonder, uh, it always um, has uh, something to it. And if you talk to both sides, I always say the week leading up to it is a, is a little bit more special, a little, little more intensity. Uh, we've heard those public comments. Uh, uh, how about yourself? Is uh, just getting ready for the game to uh, to uh, to call it? Do you do you have a a greater sense of excitement than some other games? I, I'll tell you honestly, what's happening for me in this is that this is the first time that the derby itself is less important than just getting a win, because this is a time that both these teams are fighting for playoff spots. That's for right. the most part, they've always you know. Uh, being in the playoffs, aside from first year, you know, being in the playoffs was an afterthought. You knew you were going to be in the playoffs. So at this time, more important than, you know, beating your rival is just getting three points, however the hell you can get three points. So uh, it, it has a different feel. And the fact that whoever does win this game really puts the other team in, in, a, in really bad shape is important as well. So uh, it's more about the standings than it is the Derby itself, although... 
the stadium's going to be lit because they've already sold over 27,000 tickets. They're expecting a crowd of over 30 for Yankee Stadium. It's going to be, uh, it's what it's is it, 32,000 people is maximum capacity for soccer. And then one of the things that I heard today, which is interesting, the Red Bull fans, Red Bull supporters aren't really going to show up. There were three, I think, 250 tickets allocated to them, but only 70 have been used. That means that a lot of the Red Bull supporters, you know how they hang out on the top deck yeah, uh, behind right. the goal? Yeah, upper, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be empty up there. Yeah. Well, it's going to be empty. Well, it's New Jersey uh, residents refusing to come into New York, much like the New York residents refused to come into New Jersey well, that's a when different New York story. City's at, uh, at Red Bull Arena yeah, but in they, Harrison. No, but that's know? a different story. So what New York City fans I, I will show it. up for that. a Red Bull game for, for New York City versus Red Bulls when Red Bull is a home team. What New York City fans, some of them still don't do, is go out to Red Bull Arena when New York City has to play there as a home team. You know, they're getting a stadium built, guys. You can come. It's okay. Okay, nobody's saying there's a that they're going to play more games there. They're trying to avoid playing and, any games in New Jersey. And there's progress on the stadium, right? Remember? There is. I mean, so we, uh, Chris Campbell, I think, alerted us uh, to Last this. Uh, the ULERP, which uh, we've learned what ULERP is. It's some sort of a local community uh, agreement uh, in order to uh, – It's so maybe Land you can use. explain it. Land use? Okay. Well, yes. That's great. So basically, the step before they go through the whole earlier process uh, was approved so they could move forward. So things are moving forward, and that's good news. All right. So uh... when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Target date, no one's said anything differently other than 2027. I think Chris Campbell in his writings or uh, Hudson River Blue, wherever I read it uh, in the last 24 hours, suggesting that uh, construction, actual construction, couldn't uh, possibly begin until maybe the tail end of 2024. I thought based it was on July. What was it, July 2024? All right. Well, it was uh, at least mid-2024. Sorry, I don't have Chris the Chris Campbell, record. if you're watching this in the comments, please let, leave us the exact date. Yes, please do. And uh, you, uh, we're talking about playoffs of Red Bulls in New York City. They're both below the line. Uh, New York City in 12th, Red Bulls in 13th coming in. The Red Bulls have a, they have the longest active playoff streak as well. And mm-hmm. I think they've made 12 consecutive playoffs, which... So they have that on the line. And for New York City, they've been in the playoffs seven consecutive years. So, you know, that that sort of thing as well. And the Red Bulls have the edge in the season series. I'm not sure what you remember about the first two games, Roberto, but we, we did talk to Nick Cushing today uh, uh, about the first two games and what his expectation is on the weekend. Uh, part of my pregame show on the New York City FC Network. And, and you can hear the whole interview 315 on Saturday. But it's a, a pair of one-nil losses. One in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Current coach Troy Lassane, he came in to replace Gerhard Struber. Uh, got a one-nil win against DC United in a huge. That's a rivalry match. And then the next rivalry match, Hudson River Derby, he wins one-nil over New York City FC, and then a one-nil triumph in League's Cup. So, do you have any uh, 
general recollections of those games that well, stick they, out well, to you? Well, they got to stop Omir Fernandez. He's the guy who scored both goals. So that's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, and well, I said one this the other the day. Spot, yeah, right? well, yeah. it's okay. still a goal. It's a still goal. Counts. I'm just saying. You know, yes, it is one from the penalty spot. Did he draw the penalty? No, who? No, no uh, Luquinhas uh, drew uh, the penalties. James, James Sands. Sands. Yeah, okay. So, um, my recollection, and this is what I come in thinking about this game, you can't allow the first goal. And that was like one of the questions that I asked um, Nick today in the press conference was about that, you know, about the fact that New York City hasn't won a game this year that they've allowed, that they've allowed the first goal. So, um, you know, what's the mentality of the team and how do you work on that and how do you make sure, that, you know, that shoulders don't drop and attitudes don't drop, you know, that they, you know, you allow the first goal. All right, fine, we'll go get the next one. But uh, the Red Bulls have been horrific on the road, but they have New York City's number on, at home. So we will see how this game plays out. And, uh, you know, hopefully for New York City, they score the first goal. But if they don't score the first goal and they do allow the first goal, you know, hopefully it's sort of like, you know, water off a duck's back. No big deal. We'll get the next one. So at Yankees Stadium, the Red Bulls, one win in their last eight visits to the stadium after uh, some of the early successes, including uh, the, the one match that New York City supporters always want to forget. It started with a seven and ended with a nil or zero. Thank you. Uh, why Derby instead of Der so what's Derby and Derby? I like Derby. Why do you call it Derby? Well, in, in America, we call them derbies. Uh, that's the way we say the name. That's the way we say it. But in For England, you, they say Derby. In America, we call uh, some of the last names that you admonish me for in, in the pronunciation. So you're going to start. Wait. So you're going to start saying aluminium instead of aluminum? No. So, so, so there I'm we talking, go. I'm talking about player names. Uh, well, that's a different story. It's not a different story. Yes, There's is. an American way to pronounce it, and and uh, and and a, but that's maybe not a, a domestic name. way to they, pronounce. That's not a proper name. If it was a proper name, if I would never say Derby County, I'd say Derby County. That's a different story. Okay, but it's just a regular word. I like Derby. That's fine. It just sounds it's cool. It's okay. Oh, fine. Yeah, uh, Brit wannabe. New York City has won uh, one of its last egg eight regular season home matches. So that's uh, one win in their last eight at home. Thank you, Montreal. Conversely, uh, the Red Bulls have won just one of their last 16 road matches. They have a, that's that's dating back to last September. So it's. Um, there's there's uh, something has to give here, I think, in this, uh, <laughs> in this game, which to, would be the worst result oh, for both teams, gosh. by the way. That would be the worst result for both teams because both teams would be dropping two points. So you talk about uh, goal scores. And um, I had my first sit down with Monsef Bakrar today. Uh, it's funny. We uh, I had this scheduled and then you asked if he spoke Spanish and he does not. So you won't have the same sort of. Uh, <laughs> Exclusivity. I can, still, I can, can still talk to him. I just can can't. I, I mean, I, I just can't. You know, put it on the air. So I, I, I just, I asked him straight up. I mean, are you a guy that could score twelve to fifteen goals in this league? And he, he looked at me and said, "Yeah." First of all, wonderful young man. I mean, very polite. You know, uh, funny. Uh, really, um, just you know, I just met him today for the first time. Really, mm -hmm. other than to say hello uh, in passing in the past. And he, um, you know, he was delightful, but he's also confident. And he said he is a goal scorer. And I asked him about, you know, eight goals in 38 matches in Croatia, uh, eight goals in 33 matches uh, in his uh, hometown club uh, where he started, Setif. And and I basically said to him, I said, that's, you know, those, you're scoring goals there, but that's not that's not a striker scoring goals. And he said, well, at times uh, he wasn't playing full time. He's coming in as a reserve. 
and there were always second strikers in those situations. So he uh, he's a confident young man, and he's the one that told me as we were walking in, I've missed more than I've made, and I need to do better with that. So you know, he he, he understands aware. the whole thing. Yeah. He's aware, which yeah. you need we, you need somebody to be aware like that. Yeah, absolutely. And let's see if he can uh, become a hero uh, on Saturday afternoon. Yep. And he's living in New Jersey, so that he t- he takes another not everything's he perfect. takes another step up in my uh, in, in my feelings for him. Uh, so that's Bakrar, who will start again against the, the. There's no shock there. Nick said uh, he's he's there the rest of the way for us, uh, and uh, he needs to solve uh, uh, the finishing with more consistency. and And the belief is uh, that he will. The one guy. Uh, Roberto, that, and I wonder what you and Ariel think in your commentary. Just seeing him, uh, it's really briefly, but it's a guy that obviously uh, the Cushing and the staff are really relying on, and and I think he makes the team a lot better. Andres Perea, who's on loan from Philadelphia, and um, we would anticipate that he'll get the nod again against the New York Red Bulls to start in the midfield. We'll see how it's all configured. But the amount of ground he covers, and just listening to Nick talk about, you know, what he brings to the table, you know, he can get forward, uh, he can he can play the six, the eight, or the ten. So he can play all three uh, positions in the midfield, which is uh, pretty interesting. And uh, it, he has really welcomed coming in because he's getting his chance to play, which he didn't consistently with Orlando, hardly at all with Philadelphia. But the big question, I want to know what you, th- I, I want to ask what you think of him. But the big question I had for Nick was, uh, I, I asked him, is there anything you can do with this loan so that he could be uh, around and on the roster in 2024? And he said, that's not a question to ask right now. It's really going to be for the end of the year. And it's going to be also uh, for uh, administration and the executives above him to uh, figure that out. But he said, I'd like him. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, the thing so is, the, is that you see the way he plays and uh, he's and, and he's made New York City better for sure. He adds a level of intensity that I think that sometimes the team has been missing. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Ariel and I have uh, commented in a very positive way uh, during the matches because you can see he makes a difference. And look, he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to get himself into the box. Uh, he's aggressive that way, which I think New York City needs that aggressivity. So um, I, I really like him. And I, I think that if he continues to play the way he's playing, New York City is going to do everything in their power to make sure that he becomes from a loan to a purchase he's been valuable and you can even see on set pieces on attacking set pieces he's he's been in the mix whether anything is directly uh being targeted to him uh it, it is uh, you can tell he's in there and and has the ability for a guy that's not uh, he's not short but he's not tall and he's very good in the air yeah, which which brings value as well without a doubt i mean the last set piece goal was uh keaton parks actually i think keaton's got two of them uh and new york city only has three set piece goals all year long they still haven't had a free kick goal since goody Thorarinson in 2021 in atlanta <laughs> uh one only one penalty goal which is sort of interesting i think hudson river blue uh wrote about that this week and uh they have been a beneficiary of all one own goal so far this season. But look, it's not good enough. The, the team has got 28 goals in 28 matches. That's not good enough. And uh, Red Bulls have 24 goals. 
So you might uh, expect a nil-nil or 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 one-one oh, uh, scoreline, Roberto. Uh, it was Santi Rodriguez, by the way, who converted the penalty. And yes. indeed, one for one, and that is it. Game-winning goals: Rodriguez, uh, Tiago Andrade, Maxime Chino. So two guys who are gone have two of the uh, five game game-winning goals. Pellegrini. Uh, who's only got one career goal. And, uh, but it was so, against Montreal, which was, was good. It was yep. recent. It was, uh, yep, and that was at Montreal, so yes. that was huge. It was gorgeous, too. And then Andres Jason, who uh, has scored his first two uh, career goals uh, as a homegrown coming in, and uh, he's been given more time. And uh, the other thing I wanted to um, tell you from my conversation with Nick, I asked about Alonso Martinez because he's one of the new guys that we mm-hmm. really haven't, gotten a feel for and been able to see and nick said he i'm gonna paraphrase but at least in training and under pressure in a game that's when it's got to happen but he said he's an excellent finisher and he even said we might even rotate him up to play the nine at some point because he's finishing so well and that's uh, he he made a point of uh trying to figure out uh, he didn't have a preseason number one right, and that's the that whole was, problem that's why you haven't seen much of him that's why he's only dressed a couple of times yeah and only played one game is because he's really this is his preseason right now right. so he's not match fit for 90 god exactly and then you know he's barely match fit for you know uh, token appearances but now he's been here over a month so you would expect him to and the way nick was talking about it i would expect him to be in the 18 which also brings to mind that maybe now tyler's magno as a as a as a reserve number nine is over right if you think that this if, if you think martinez is the answer there or a better answer then let's put magno back on the wing and let magno do what he can do best feel comfortable doing best and let's see if they can get the best out of tyler's magno for the for the stretch run here because if they can then you know you're talking about the guy who's probably the most talented player that new york city has and uh, MD Myers, who uh, leads MLS Next Pro with 17 goals, a striker who I saw a lot at Rutgers University, and uh, we've talked about him before. Uh, just a, a general conversation with Nick Cushing. It, it's it, it's unlikely uh, anything will happen this year in terms of bringing him up. Maybe when MLS Next Pro and NYCFC 2, their season ends, maybe we'll get a chance to at least see him in training. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, so uh, you, it's it's either Magno or roll Martinez in or go with a false nine, right? We've seen that. We've seen Sandy Rodriguez go back up there when uh, Bakrar has had to come yeah. up. Bakrar, by the way, I'm sure somebody would have a question. How's he doing physically? And uh, w- one thing he told me is that if he had to play a game in, in a regular rhythm, uh, he wouldn't have been able to play the next game. So he had a hamstring pull, not okay. serious at all. And he said he, he, he in three days where he just worked on the hamstring, it's really recovered. And he said he's 100%. So that's, well, that's good great. News. Yeah. That's fantastic. So the international break City. came at a good time, really, for New York City FC, because if, if he's the striker and he's the guy that might push him through to the playoffs, then um, it's important that he got that rest. It, for sure. I, I mean, look, it's a 
it, it's a battle for the playoffs, right? So because we look at the uh, at the standings that you call the Let's table go. or something. Um, table, I still call it a standings. standings table. So here's it. Here's the thing. What do you got? Okay. So there we were going to. I'm not. I'm not going to put you through what I threatened the last time we were on, where we were going to review every game of every. No, team we're not doing that. God no. But uh, well, we could have. No, I, but we, but we don't want to bore you. everybody. We no, don't want to bore you. everybody to death. How is that boring? Oh it's my fair, god! It's exciting. No, it's not. Okay. Okay. So here's the situation. Okay, so the only two places that are in play are eight and nine, Montreal and DC United. Nashville is seventh. They have forty points, and they've played one less game than New York City. They're gone. Okay, they're in. There, I, I, I doubt any team is catching them. Well, but I'm here looking we at go. the MLSsoccer.com, and it's it, the top seven right now are shaded, which would indicate. Well, they haven't clinched. I don't think there's no, there's no. The only team why are they clinched. shading it then? Why I have no idea. It? The only team that's clinched is um, right. is Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. Okay. Anyway, okay. go ahead. Keep going. Uh, okay. But uh, mathematically, all these teams are somehow alive. But here's the situation. So New York City's played one more game than everybody except DC United, who also has 28. Um, two more Charlotte games is 26. Charlotte, two more games and two Charlotte. more. Right. And uh, two more games in Inter Miami. So Inter Miami, let's say Inter Miami wins their next two games. They'd go 31-34. They'd be tied with D.C. United, and they would have jumped Chicago, New York City, and Charlotte, and the Red Bulls. Okay? So they really control their own destiny better than probably any of these teams that are here. Um, and, that, and that's a legitimate destiny, considering uh, they're unbeaten in 12 since the boys arrived. Exactly, because it's not only Messi, and they show that in their last game. I mean, obviously, you have Sergio Busquets, and you have um, Jordi, uh, Jordi Alba. Alba Diego then, Gomez. And then you have and Gomez and Farias. And those, I mean, yeah. the, the, yeah. those guys have yeah. really made a difference. Then you have Robert Taylor, who's all of a sudden finally has people to play with and is playing like as he's at that level. Kramoski. Uh, Kramoski has been great. Yeah. I mean, uh, so they just having these guys there elevated yeah. the level of everybody else around. Calendar By the way, good in goal. Calendar good, although he did uh, was probably liable for the first goal yeah. that they allowed in the last game against who was it, Kansas City, right? Yeah. And then uh, DeAndre Yedlin's playing out of his skull as well for them. And it really helps to have better teammates to bring out the best in you. No, I, yeah, I was talking about this with someone the other day, and the messy effect is just, is, is really wild because you immediately elevate your play because you it's you almost don't want to disappoint him or you you figure man I better I better be at my best today because I'm I'm playing with the goat you know and and everybody has responded to that man but also you know? all these players are now getting balls in well, the right sure. place yeah, with all the that, right yeah. speed right. Yeah. all these things help yeah, you know where sure. they don't have to stop for something run yeah. back for a ball or have to like try to run ahead before it gets out you know they get the ball where it's supposed to be uh, they were they're not used to that well, now yeah. they're getting used to it and they're they're making a huge difference now this has been discussed a little bit Robert we we'll, we'll wait until September the 30th or the podcast prior where we maybe uh, get a chat with Nick and, and try to sort out how uh, he's going to deal with Messi and company. But I, I still think that you're never Messi's already always going to find room. You could say for the same thing for Sergi Busquets, but I would if I were coaching against them, I would consider trying to mark Busquets out of the game rather than a Messi, because you're not going to mark Messi out of the game. It's just not going to happen. But if you can keep Busquets away from delivering, uh, which he does so well with a guy he's played so many games with, I mean, those guys are always on the same page. Uh, so I'm, I'm, 
you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure coaches go in understanding that sometimes this is what we need to do. But there is a reluctance, Roberto. There is a reluctance in this day and age to try to mark somebody out of the game. It's, it's always the, uh, the organization of the defending that's uh, relied on. But I think sometimes you just want, and if you're going to deny a guy the ball, I, I say you, it's Busquets. But but, and say. here's the thing, right? So they played their last game without Messi. Yeah, and they still dominated the game and won. Although Kansas City made it interesting at the end, three-two goal, uh, goal by Pulido, who they just resigned, by the way. Yeah, that was a good move. Alan Pulido How about just that? resigned. I, I would have loved him here. Kansas City, God, ready. I would have loved him. They're here. ready to spend more money, man. And Alan Pulido's goal. Alan Pulido's going to get another look see on the Mexican national team soon. I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure of it because uh, they, they could use him. Although uh, Raúl Jiménez scored a couple of, of nice goals, so uh, one of them. Two, the first two goals he scored in the past three years that haven't been a penalty. That he is. Uh, how old is he? He's not that. He's, he I had mean, that. He had the head injury, and he's never right. been the same since. You know, and that's. Uh, uh, let me I love that guy. I like him in this too. So, I mean, he works so hard. So, but the playoff possibility here. So thirty-two. With six, six games. Thirty-two. Gee, see, I thought he was younger, but okay. Um, so, New York City FC on. Um, on the 30 points, uh, they're four points out of the playoff position. But as you mentioned, games in hand and things like that, I, I, you know, games in hand sometimes, you know, I, I, I recognize that's why I said Miami's games in hand are legitimate to me because they may not lose again in the regular year. Uh, but these other teams, Charlotte has games at hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, big deal. Chicago has a game in hand. Am I going to get worried about that? Uh, the Red Bulls have a game in hand. This is a six-point game, obviously, on the weekend. And DC United, are we going to get worried about that? I mean, there's no one. But who, here's the issue, there's right? There's no one where games at hand are like okay. Here's where it not, hurts. They're, they're not going to necessarily just win the games. This is where it hurts. First tiebreaker in MLS isn't goal difference. It's goal. It's games Game, won. One, yeah. And guess who yeah. has the least amount of games won outside of Toronto within the Eastern Conference? Yeah, it's New York City. They only With have six. six. Yeah. So I mean, New York City has a harder road. They have more. They have less games to play, That's and they're one point. behind That's a great as point. far as wins are concerned. But here's what they've got to do: what just they got, win what your do next they have game. To do? Oh. Win your next game. Yeah, you just got to win. You just win your next game. Just got to win. Next week, you win your next game. And this has got to be the mantra the rest of the season. Don't worry about the playoffs. Don't worry about standings. Don't worry about who's winning, who's not. Just win. Yeah. Just win. If you win your games, you get 18 points. I'm telling you, 48's getting you in the playoffs. Oof. 24th in the league in goals scored. You know, it's it's just a, it's a matter of creating the chances and finishing. And I think the other thing uh, Nick said regarding the first two games against the Red Bulls was uh, first game. Dom, he used the word dominate uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but couldn't finish chances or didn't create good enough chances. It was really a lot of it had to do with decisions close to goal. And, and the supporters hate hearing this. <laughs> they hate hearing you know, why these things happen. Uh, it's close to goal. Well, well, why aren't you making better decisions? Well, I, you know, I, I'm just saying this is, that's the reality is that, uh, you know, they, they did dominate the game, but they lose one nil. Okay. So he, second game, not second game was crazier. They did. Mm-hmm. And they dealt with the pressure for the red bull from yeah. the red bulls. The first game better as well. If they, you know, that is, uh, and I talked a lot about the goalkeeping. Matt Freeze, we expect him in goal again. Again, we'll have to wait. Does Luis Barraza come in because he has better feet and that will help them break the pressure? I don't know, but yeah, I, I would expect Freeze 
but you just don't know. So we were talking about uh, possession, which you know is a statistic that I just despise because it doesn't really tell you anything because of the way that teams tactically want to play. There's a lot of teams that prefer to sit back and counterattack, especially on the road. This is a decision that they've made as opposed to we really want to attack and hold the ball and not being able to do it. So possession does. So we looked at, we looked at it and somehow what well, New York was like fifth in possession, right in the league, which again means nothing because here the, in one of your stats here, and we looked at it and th- th- this is what really tells you what, what the main issue is. And where, where was it? Um, I'm not sure. Are you, it was a uh, 15 touches, uh, 15th and touches in the attacking. Third? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you have all this possession. What does it mean when you're 15th, your mid table team, 15th and touches in the attacking third. So if you have possession and all you're, doing is swinging the ball back behind the halfway line it what's what does it mean it means nothing it doesn't mean nothing what you're doing is while you're moving the ball you're looking for the opportunities to either split the defense go over the top find the spaces whether they're doing that effectively or not that's why you keep the ball it's not for nothing it's to wait for the moment and you dictate when you go forward excuse me not you don't let the defending team dictate when you go forward you dictate it by waiting for that moment to go it's a decision on how to play the entire city football group all 100 teams in the city football. I don't know. It's up to 13. I think it's 13. Uh, uh, I think they understood that it was an exaggeration, although then again, with the money they have, they could have 100 (laughs) with them next week, and nobody would say anything. No, but it's a a club philosophy. We know that. Uh, It's a club philosophy, too, now to get the goalkeeper to be the 11th outfield player. You're seeing it, and I've read about it with Bahia, uh, with uh, Girona, uh, with Mumbai, uh, and uh, I'm I'm reading uh, these comments for the coaches there and, and people that are playing against them, uh, how that the goalkeeper, and I discussed this with Nick too. You've got to listen to the pregame show because we talk all about the goalkeeper being the, uh, uh, the 11th outfield player and how against a team like Red Bulls, it can help deal with the press because you're plus one, the Red Bulls, they're going to come with maybe six people to press, including their fullbacks. That's what they do. It's risky for them. Sometimes it's a seventh player, too. So they they it's risk-reward for them. The reward is if they win the ball, they're closer to goal, and maybe they can score. Uh, the risk is leaving their center backs all by themselves with yeah. people running at them. So, you know. Well, but the thing is, and now you have two center backs that are really good on the ball, right? That's a, that's why you have Tiago Martins and that's why you have Burke Risa. Yeah. Uh, as far as the goalies are concerned, um, in one of the losses, the first loss in May, uh, Luis Barraza was in goal. In the second loss in League's Cup, it was Matt Fries. So, uh, and he was only beaten by a penalty. But, I mean, we if you watch the games, you understand that. Luis Barras is much better with his feet than, yeah. than Freeze is. But um, the game, I don't remember what game it was, but I just remember looking up. It, it was this year, and Barraza was basically uh, part of the back four. Yeah. You know, he was the weak side. The ball was switching. There he was standing there, you know, next to, uh, I, I don't know if it was Cheneau. I can't remember at the time. But uh, and it, it allowed one more player to go forward from the back mm-hmm. line to, for, from an attacking standpoint. But again, against the press, then it's for, the most it's going 
going to be is four now four against three. So you're plus one. So the way I look at it, it's like uh, you, you do these sort of exercises uh, in training all the time. You plus one. So it's four V four plus one, five V five, whatever. And, you, and you, here's you, the key and, to and, that. And, right? this is, and the goalkeeper now makes it a plus one because the other goalkeeper is not coming out to join the back line while you're in possession. Right. You know? So here's the key. You can't lose the ball. No, you and can't. then you can't lose the ball because we saw that in the uh, NYCFC two game yeah, against Columbus, yeah, that's right. where the goalie came out and he was part of the buildup yeah. and they lost the ball and Boom. and two sh- and you know one pass and a shot and it wasn't even one of those what you know long glow you know the one of those long uh, rainbow remember. shots or no, anything. It was like along the ground, not and at it all. Still beat him. And it was on grass because, you know, it yeah. almost looked like it was on turf. No, it is turf. They, they, they've changed Montfrey. Oh, yeah, that used oh. to be – it oh, was okay. in my, it was what well, used to be called Montfrey, yeah. and they had switched that to turf, I believe. Uh, At least that's what they said they were doing. Right. I, it looked like turf. We got to give this kid a little credit. I cannot remember his name. He's a New York City FC2 player. I'll, I'll get it in a, in a minute. Give me a – Give me a chance to pull it up and, uh, and right, well, we, so, we, we remind me of that. Here. Remind, huh? We gotta go soon. We yeah. You know. All right. Let's uh, let's do uh, let's do some kicking it around. All right. Okay. I so still, I still can't you. find a kid's name. It's okay. Well, why, why do you keep on doing that? I have a question to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck is going on in New England? Well, that is uh, what I was going to bring up. Oh. Bruce Arena, Richie Williams, Shalry Joseph, um, who am I leaving out here? Oh, uh, David Vandenberg. Yeah. So ex Red Bull. So that ex Red Bull and ex U fifteen men's national team coach. Yep. Uh, I've actually had two extended conversations with him on this show. I host on Sirius XM. Uh, I and. I've talked to some players who have played for him and uh, he's an excellent, excellent coach. Shalry Joseph is a club legend who Bruce arena saw some qualities in him to take him from, uh, from new England to and bring him up to the first team staff. Okay. Uh, or maybe he was a uh, coaching an Academy. I think he was a U 16 Academy coach or U 19. So brought him in to be a first team assistant. Richie Williams has been by Bruce's side forever since he played for Bruce at Virginia UVA mm-hmm. and then for Kurt and Alpha. So those four are, are nowhere near the team right now. Three of them will never come back. Arena Joseph and uh, uh, Vandenberg and uh, Richie Williams is on uh, on leave. I thought he was fired. No, I no, thought no, he got no, fired. No, 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 no. They uh, there was a press conference yesterday, uh, which uh, what's today Thursday. So yeah. on Wednesday there was a press conference. Brian Bellello, who is the president of the, of the uh, Revolution, and Kurt Anafa, who's the interim sporting director with Bruce Arena, having resigned. So in forty eight hours, Roberto. In 48 mm-hmm. hours, Arena resigns. Uh, uh, Shalry Joseph and David Vandenberg, two outstanding assistant coaches who played a major role. Uh, Joseph, in particular, a major role with Matt Polster in his development as a holding midfielder, but a major role in the success of the club. And Richie Williams, well, those three are gone. And Richie Williams is um, was given some time to uh, you know, get away from it because it's been a very difficult week. I think that's the way Brian Bellello uh, kind of characterized it. And then uh, uh, the words were, he's a valuable member of the organization, Richie Williams I'm talking about now, and at a later time we'll discuss his role with the team. 
Clint P.A. is now the head coach coming up from New England, too. Uh, he also has been under arena for a long time. And uh, I mean, the, the press conference, not a single question, I think, was answered in any sort of way where you had a greater understanding as to what was going on. It starts with arena, though, who resigns. Uh, and that announcement came right after uh, their most recent match. After a le- but it was after a lengthy investigation that we know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. So here's right? the most, we're talking about a month of an investigation and the, nothing. The most iconic coaching figure in the history of uh, U.S. Of, of U.S. soccer, yeah, of, uh, yeah in, at any level, and he's seventy-one years old. Five M- what five MLS Cup championships. Uh, three with a galaxy, two with DC United. Got got things going with DC United and MLS in '96. Before that, he was winning championships every year with the University of Virginia, and uh, a guy who is he is who he is. He's never changed, and you know we don't know what he said. We don't know, and will we ever know? Only if we someone tells us it's on the inside someday, Roberto. And we probably won't be able to say it because it'll be in confidence, and it's. Yeah. Um, I, I said this. I've said this to you before. I think, I, you know, to me, it's it's a it's kind of a, a it's an educational moment as well. It's like what, and it's like these other coaches that you know are are suspended or then dismissed. And what do they do? What do they say? Or uh, who, who's the Van Zier, the the Red Bulls uh, uh, player who uh, apparently was a racial slur directed at Jeremy Abobase, and and then he's suspended for six games. But we don't know what he said. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to tell your kids, hey, look, look, you know, look what happened here. This is what he said. You don't talk like this. You know, you have respect. Um, I I look at it from two sides. Number one is I think we should know. I just think we should know. And don't be throwing the lawyers and the courts and the and the don't don't. And, uh, you know, MLS investigation. Come on, man. And uh, but the yeah. fact that it's arena. Jeez. Now, if Bruce doesn't want to put out there, I'm going to honor that. Right, but I I don't I think yeah, he would, well, we're not we're not going to find out. I mean, at least now somebody may wind up and uh, being able to get to the bottom of it, and uh, people will eventually maybe speak up off the record or on the record, and we'll find out what the heck happened, and we want to know what happened. And uh, but you know, I understand everybody's right to privacy and everything, but uh, you know, and people can say things and make mistakes and that happens you know you can say the wrong word in the wrong place or you're in a heated moment you say something that you really don't mean these things happen i'm not trying to excuse bruce because again i don't know what he said and i don't know any of the context of it but uh just in general in life and society these you know these things happen and people come back from them so um we'll see what it is but i never ever got a sense of Bruce of being a racist or anything even remotely close to that. And what he does have is a very sarcastic sense of humor and yeah, uh, he can so. be very, very coarse. So and he can uh, be any, he, he's very hard on officials. Uh, he's, yeah. he's probably the most frequently fined a coach, maybe along with Peter Vermees in, uh, you know, one from New York, one from Jersey, you know, it's just the way we are, man. Oh, we, uh, you know, and, just and the way we are as well. Don't, don't, don't forget Gio, Gio. Gio, who's, uh, you know, basically a New Yorker and, uh, yeah. And spent some time in Jersey. Now it's, uh, 
it's it's a shame and we don't and 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 Bruce reflected that this was his statement reflected you know we'll try to become better and you know it's just not knowing what happened is uh, and not knowing whether it was Richie Williams I mean everything it can't be a coincidence that all this stuff happened you know together and where's mm-hmm. Richie Williams now you know and uh, look I don't know who to feel bad for uh, other than Bruce and um uh, and then we do know that on social media, he, he received a lot of support from Shalry Joseph and David Vandenberg. And you wonder, look, and reportedly, and a lot of players reportedly too. they walked out of practice more than once when Richie Williams was training the team. I don't know what that's all about. And the team decided you know. that they didn't want to. Uh, well, the, the team refused to practice one day. Well, and then they try to frame that, it. Well, R- R- yeah. Richie and the team didn't. No, it wasn't that. It was no, allegedly. No, you know, you've got to be careful with that because Matt yeah. Polster later told someone, I don't remember which media person. Okay, then maybe I didn't that, see this. No, that it wasn't. Uh, that the t- it wasn't the team deciding that it was a collective decision. Oh, okay. So I, I think we've heard it, but I think the other one came from a player too. So yeah, it's, it's reported like, again, it's, reportedly. You know, so here's yeah. what Biello said about Richie Williams, and I'm quoting here, okay? He okay. says, Richie Williams is a valuable member of our organization, and he remains with the organization. As everyone can imagine, this has been a really difficult time for Richie these last few days and weeks, and we've offered Richie some time off during this week. There it is. That's it. So let's see if he comes back to training. Let's see if he'll maintain a a position within the organization that doesn't involve um, the direct training of the football. I, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see that. Well, and will, meanwhile, will, they're number two on the Eastern Conference, forty-eight points, uh, one two point overall. ahead over Orlando, and um, two points ahead of Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a game in hand. Second overall MLS standings. Like they're the number two team in MLS. So it's, uh, you know, uh, obviously it's it's gone well. It's gone well since Bruce came in 2019. So uh, to me, it's a saga. And to me, the saga continues no matter what uh, Kurt Anafo or Brian Bellello said. And uh, I'd like to close this by, you know, I put out a tweet, Roberto. I don't know if you saw it. And it uh, was a tweet that also uh, it, it was uh, from the video of yesterday's press conference and Kurt Anafo, who who I like, you know, I'm not I'm not a uh, but I, I do want to uh, at least give a, you know, a chance for you to hear what he said. He said it's time to get out there and play and stop talking about all the baloney. He said that on Wednesday and all this stuff happened you know, within Tuesday and Wednesday, the resignation of arena and then the shuffling of the staff and to call it baloney is really, I I just, I got such a, when he said it, I was watching it live. It like, it struck me like, Oh, don't say that. Cause it's not baloney. It's people's livelihoods. And um, I think it's baloney that we haven't heard more about what happened. Especially if you don't can't talk about arena, then tell us what happened to Shalry Joseph and David Vandenberg, please. Yeah. Get why, you know, and, and that was never explained. That was never explained. Well, so, we'll, we'll find out. Um, anything, anything else? else? Uh, um, uh, not especially. I mean, I had a couple of things on here, but uh, we are uh, running tight here. Um, yeah. Hansi Flick. I, I, I thought this was shocking. The first German coach ever fired from a position. So all the German coaches previously of the German national team 
it was their decision apparently to leave. Mm-hmm. This is the first, so he, it, you know, they they, got, I mean, they, they were losing that game against Japan two one at home, yeah. and then while they're pressing and pushing up, they got two goals scored in stoppage time, so it made it four to one, and that was just like the end. That was it, and, and I mean, they had a really bad run of form too. So it wasn't surprising. It wasn't one of those one-off games that you lose, which yeah. can happen. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we think of uh, Juan Carlos Osorio lost 7 nothing, you know, against Chile in uh, Copa America. And he still retained his position and took the team to the World Cup. Those sort of things happen. But this is like a really long, bad run of form for Germany and losing to Japan at home, which, by the way, Japan looks like a pretty damn good team. They're very and good. Uh, very good. they, what do you call it? They They've smoked. been very good. They, they yeah. were good in the World Cup. And then they went out and they beat, uh, didn't they go out and Spain? beat France? Oh, huh? France. Um, they beat France their next game, I believe. Oh, Germany did. Yes. 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 Two to one. Nope. Yeah. Under Rudy uh, Voller. One final thing. Lima, Peru in Lima. <laughs> did you see this? Ahead of their know. ahead of their World Cup qualifier with Brazil. The uh, shamans, they were in the streets and they had a, an effigy doll of Neymar. And they had it like on a photo of Neymar. And they were like, you know, <laughs> I, I had, they, were, and... they were like stabbing it. <laughs> I couldn't. I was beside myself just seeing this. I was like, "Holy!" So, and, and I, I don't recall. I know the Brazil won the match. I, I don't really remember. It didn't uh, help, what, I guess. But no, it didn't help. Maybe Neymar uh, had a bad game. I, I did not see the game. But uh, so here's I just, uh, yes. The part that upsets me about all of this is that most of those games aren't being broadcast in the United States unless you're paying thirty dollars a game on on Fanatis, which is like, oh. God, that's a lot of money. So Telemundo went and got the home games for Argentina. So at least we're going to be able to watch those. I believe they also got the home games for Brazil. Everything else is behind a paywall, and it is not a cheap paywall. And it's a shame because some of the best soccer and some of the most entertaining games are the Convoval qualifiers, and we're not going to get a chance to see most of them. And that's a shame. All right. So we're just going to have to watch the CONCACAF Nations League qualifiers like St. Lucia against St. Martins. And, you know, they're entertaining, too, I guess, but maybe not quite that to that level. All right. Hey, Roberto and I, uh, we've got a broadcast on Saturday, a Hudson River Derby. As Roberto said earlier, 27,000-plus pre-sale. So yes. they expect that to eclipse 30,000 uh, before uh, kickoff on Saturday. Kickoff is 3.39, our airtime on the New York City FC Network, uh, English – English, sorry, I, I almost pointed at you. And Spanish uh, is 3.15. And if you do watch it, uh, you're not at the game and you're watching on Apple, there will be an English hometown radio drop down. There so will you can not be a Spanish one, sadly. There will be uh, one with Maddie Lawrence and I. And, uh, you know, you can listen to your, your hometown guys. And, uh, and they, I'm... I'll, I'll mention Roberto and Ariel too. So well, really sure. Uh, just good as, so for those of you who uh, do listen to us on TuneIn, you can put TuneIn on pause until the Apple yes on, until Apple catches up, and then at that point you can let it go, and then you can listen to it in Spanish. That way, if you yep. no, no. Ha- if you wanna no, if you, you wanna should. listen to us, yeah, you should make that effort, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, one day this drop down app on Apple will have both English and Spanish, and yes. home and away, yes, which is the other. The thing that uh, maybe they'll move forward and do that next year. But anyway, till then, till Saturday uh, for Roberto O'Bromwich, I'm Glenn Crooks. Thanks for joining us again on NYCFC Views. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. 
Follow the Sick Podcast NYCFC views on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.